You're listening to the I Rather Be in Paris podcast with your host, Juan Ulloa. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the I Rather Be in Paris podcast. Today's episode, Deciding Where to Live in Paris. This is a very complicated and personal topic. Let's be honest, there's going to be no right or wrong answer when it comes to this because people's opinions vary widely. Um, so what I'm going to attempt to offer you today are some just some tips with respect to beginning the decision-making process. So I think that the best way to start is, is to look within, look at home, where you live now, what do you like about the neighborhood and the dwelling that you're in? What do you dislike? The reason I say this is because this can be a nice framework to utilize if and when you're looking to make a move to Paris or to France or frankly, anywhere in the world. So also keep in mind that, you know, what you like and enjoy here in the States, you may not be able to find overseas. So obviously keep that in mind and you need to have some flexibility with respect to, uh, what you're able to find or not find in a foreign country. The next step is, you know, frankly, getting down on the ground and doing the hard work of, of walking the streets of the area and the neighborhood where you want to live and see if it's a good fit. There's no substitute, in my opinion, for that. Obviously, in some cases, you know, you, you can't always do that. Let's say in the case of a, of a job transfer, you may not have the opportunity to do some preliminary reconnaissance, per se, and um, visit the neighborhood where you're going to live prior to the move. I, I know several individuals who have had to do that, and it's, it's very jarring and disconcerting. But in our case, uh, with respect to Paris, I think what's good to keep in mind is that if you're looking to make a move... Uh, in the future, take time to go visit and eke out some time from the sightseeing to actually just walk the neighborhoods and see what you like and what you don't like. For example, if you're staying in the ninth arrondissement, for example, that'll give you good access to uh, the 10th and the 19th arrondissement to the east, uh, the 17th and 18th to the north, and uh, just south of that are the the 8th and the 1st, and so on and so forth. So you can use your base in the 9th to start, you know, looking at different areas. Again, keep in mind that central Paris is 1st through the 9th arrondissement. That's where a lot of the major sites are. Not all of them, but a lot of the major sites are. By virtue of that fact, that means a lot more uh, foot traffic with respect to um, tourists and the like, but also that increases the expense exponentially. So that's also something that you need to, to keep in mind. So if you're willing to venture out into the outer arrondissement, 
that might give you some financial flexibility and flexibility flexibility with respect to space. And now we're going to be discussing the all-important and probably the most fun part, looking at properties. Where do I start? Uh, there are a number of different websites that I utilize to uh, look at properties. Uh, now, keep in mind that the real estate market or industry in France is very different from the States. And, and I have mentioned some of this in, in past episodes. Keep in mind that there is no <clears throat> multi-listing service uh, for real estate in, the, in France as there is in the United States. So, for example, here in the States, uh, if I'm moving almost anywhere across the country, I can reach out to my to a local broker and say I want to look at some properties, and they'll pull up everything that's available, whether that real estate broker is representing that property or not. That does not exist in France. So, for so if you're going to be going to a uh, real estate professional in Paris, for example, they're going to show you the properties that they represent, and that is all. Now, from the owner's perspective. Um, you're likely going to see that the properties, uh, the owner can list their property uh, with whomever they choose. So, uh, and at different price points. So I, as a property owner in France, if I'm looking to sell my property, I can have it um, available at three or four different brokerages and at different price points. And um, there is no communication among uh, you know, across the industry per se. So that obviously poses some challenges um, for us as foreigners thinking about purchasing. Uh, that's why uh, I always advise folks to, uh, especially as uh, Americans, that they utilize a realistic professional that will help them along in the process, a consultant. Um, I've mentioned Adrian Leeds before. Uh, a lot of you may be familiar with her name because she appears regularly on House Hunters International. Her job is very unique in the sense that she is there to work with clients on their behalf and help them identify and choose properties. Um, she is not a broker per se, she's a property consultant. So she has the ability to go and identify properties um, and work with a variety of different real estate companies um, and show these properties to her clients. Um, the From the legal aspect also, there are some differences with respect to um, obtaining mortgages and the like that, um, very significantly from um, the United States. Uh, and a company like Adrian's can help you navigate that process, which I think is incredible uh, and incredibly useful. The one thing to keep in mind, I'm edging towards the age of 50. Um, so in my case, if, for example, I were to get a property in Paris, uh, at age 50, the longest mortgage that I would be allowed to get would be 25 years. 
in France, the way it works is that um, the the property has to be paid off by the age of seventy five. There's also a medical requirement, so the the banks want to know that you're healthy <laughs> to pay off the to pay off the loan, um, which is something that obviously we don't deal with here in the states. Uh, but those are all things that you know someone like Adrian, uh, a company like Adrian's, would be able to um, to help you navigate. But again, these are things you can imagine how complicated this could be for someone uh, just going in cold and trying to figure this out on their own. Um, and, um, you know, it can pose some challenges. Um, I have mentioned this on the website, uh, a great book, uh, by the, the chef and author David Leibovitz, uh, Le Pot. Uh, it's available for purchase on our website if you like, but that discusses his, uh, his property purchase and the process that he went through to identify and purchase a home in Paris. And it's, it's very eye-opening to say the least, very well written. It's an incredibly easy read um, and really engaging. I think you'll enjoy it. I know I have. Um, so apart from that, um, the, the important thing to keep in mind also is, is as I've said from day one, do not romanticize this process, um, especially when you're dealing with Paris, because again, Paris is the most visited city on the planet. Uh, it's also, you know, there, there are finite limits to Paris. You know, you have, it's very similar to the District of Columbia here in the sense that Paris is surrounded by a, uh, what they call the Le Périphérique. Um, so the, the highway, that encircles Paris, it's not going to build out beyond the borders per se, and it's not going to build up. So uh, like DC, there are height restrictions in Paris that limit the height of buildings. So the property is finite. Um, and by that, by, by virtue of that, it can be expensive. So when someone is making an investment of this type, it's incredibly important to Take your time with the process and make sure that the decisions that you're making, uh, first and foremost, make financial sense. Uh, and, you know, you don't want, last thing you want to be is overstretched. Um, you know, I've had this thought in my head for quite a while in terms of moving to Paris. Uh, but at the same time, it's vital for me to be practical and, know that the decisions I'm making um, are not only for my behalf, but for my family's behalf. And I have to take those decisions seriously. And um, also, I'm not going to get everything I want. <laughs> I mean, if I had a billion dollars, that'd be different. I could get everything I want. I just build it. But um, nevertheless, I digress. The, the important thing is that you take your time with this process. Make sure you've dotted your I's cross your T's, and uh, when the time comes that you've done your due diligence and um, done your best to avoid any pitfalls or curves um, that you asked all the questions that you've needed to ask during the process. It's vital for you to, uh, to do so because at the end of the day, 
when you get those keys and close on that apartment, uh, you want to do so with with uh, with a happy heart. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to list in the show notes uh, a number of links to different um, real estate listing sites that uh, I use on a regular basis. Now, frankly, I do this more for um, so that I can get to know the market. Um, I look not only at um, purchase prices, but I also look at rental prices because that gives me an idea of, you know, what the market is looking like with respect to um, uh, property. So, for example, what a two-bedroom apartment is going to rent for in the Ninth Arrondissement versus what a comparatively sized apartment would go for in uh, for sale in the same Arrondissement. But also, it gives me an idea of from arrondissement to arrondissement and, you know, what things are going for. Am I being practical with respect to what I think I can afford and what I'm willing to pay? Um, does that match with the locations that I prefer? It may or may not. Um, and if it doesn't, then am I able and willing to go the other route and say, I want to stay in my preferred arrondissement, but I'm going to have to buy a fixer-upper. Um, that's a whole different story right there in terms of like renovating apartments in France. Um, renovating anything is difficult enough here in the States. It's just as difficult, if not more so in France. Um, but you know, that I'll leave that story to somebody a little bit more qualified who's gone through it. Um, I'm actually working on identifying a few individuals who've gone through that. So hopefully we can get them on the show soon and have them discuss their renovation stories with you so that you can be aware of what the process is like and what you, you, uh, you can, God willing, avoid. <laughs> uh, I hope you've enjoyed this, this episode and uh, look forward to uh, hearing from you. Again, download the Anchor app, uh, leave us a message, and uh, look forward to hearing from you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Before I go, just want to ask you to please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It's very important because it helps other like-minded people find our show. Thank you for your time. 